Hello, my name is Don Marshall. You might remember me from the Don Marshall podcast show. Well, my new podcast show is called Don Marshall and Company, where we will be discussing the unique experiences of being black and gay in America. From discrimination to black excellence. And I'll be interviewing black gays and their personal experiences about being gay here in America. I really hope that you enjoy our show. Let's get started. Hello out there. I want to thank you for coming back to Don Marshall and Company. Today I have a great guest and a young professional. I admire him a lot. His name is Jaquan Pandy, and he's online here, and he's going to give us the experience about being black and gay in America and his accomplishments and so forth. So here he is, Jaquan Pandy. Hello, Jaquan. Hey, Don. How's it going? It's going great, going great. So how's your day today? How are things going for you today? It was a pretty hot day here in New York. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's cooled out. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it has, because we're getting some hot stuff over here way in the Northwest. So tell me, uh, tell me about Jaquan. Tell me who you are and, you know, and what was your experience being gay in America and black and gay in America? Well, growing up, Mm -hmm. or well, I guess I'd I'd fast forward to maybe uh, coming out. I was 16 when I came out back in 2011. I was um, a sophomore in high school. Pretty much it. I would say because of like America becoming more uh, open-minded and accepting, there were a lot of TV shows such as Glee going on or Noah's Ark that helped me, I guess, be filled with with bravery to Mm -hmm. be able to finally, you know, speak to my family about it. And when I did, you know, I felt like I lucked out because most of my friends who had shared the similar experience coming out didn't get off like how I got off, you know, my mom was pretty accepting and, and loving regardless. She just told me, you know, you taking this path, life is going to be more difficult for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know that. That was all she said. And I'll love you no matter what. Oh, that's you know? so amazing. I, it almost brings tears to my eyes because my other brothers would, you know, sneak and find things and, and spy on me and brought it forth to my parents. Well, I didn't speak to my dad for four years, so... You know, so yeah, some get it easy, some don't. So I definitely understand that. Wow. So that was great for your mom. So then now where did you, what are your skills? What, what kind of things do you do? Um, as oh, so, uh, so I'm a, I'm a pastry chef. Currently I work for a company that has multiple locations in the United States and we have some international locations as well, but pretty much I that I'll hop around from like Detroit, Chicago, Miami, Vegas, just to help make sure the facility is working properly and that everything is like up to our standard. Wow. Wow, you 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 have come a long ways. Yeah, from uh washing dishes at uh Ferrer's Cafe, right? <laughs> well you gotta start somewhere. Right, you do. Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you recommend, say, to young uh black youth out there to, you know, uh, what kind of things would you guide them into doing or just perseverance or what kind of things would you recommend that they? I would say it's really important to figure out something that you just like. Mm-hmm. 
like something that you just like to do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel as though there's a power in deciding early on what you like and like kind of establishing that thing to be a part of, you know, just maybe your personality or what everyone knows you to, to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually, don't even worry about if this thing is going to make you money. Because when you become, uh, when you practice and practice and train or just keep doing the same thing, that, that thing that you like to do, um, it's going to naturally bloom and, mm-hmm. and like, support you. Great, great. That's, that would be my suggestion. If it's, if it's cars, if it's like, oh, you really enjoy fixing cars or whatever, like, you know, just practice it. If you have an instrument that you love, don't give up on it. Like, keep going. Even if you think you sound horrible, like, eventually your practice is going to pay off. Get, so. you, get you to Carnegie Hall, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. I've, I've so many, that's, that's how it works. It's just, it's just really, truly, I know it's going to sound very, um, cliche. Yeah. very cliche, yeah, but, like, you got to really believe in yourself. Honestly, that's what we need in the in the yeah, and we need to lift each other up in the, in, in the black gay community. Absolutely. Tell me, um, how long did it take you to get to where you were? I have been in the kitchen since I was about the time that I came out, actually. Okay, so like 16, 17 ish, mm-hmm. and I'm 27 now, mm-hmm. so I guess it took me about 10 years. I would say, even I, I'm I may be in a position that, you know, is supporting me or or is like, you know, a a notable position, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm satisfied or Mm -hmm. am I like, or is this where I want to know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm still like uh, persevering and, and not wanting to give up and training myself and like, you know, learning and growing like that never, ever stops. Never, Mm -hmm. never, almost, I hate to say it, but like never be satisfied. Right. I mean, maybe until you really, really get to that point where life just has so many other focuses for you now, mm-hmm. like maybe you finally got your home or you finally, you know, maybe you got married or you had a child or you just you just want to do a new adventure mm-hmm. and you feel like, OK, I can put this away. Fine. But until that point, I just say keep being the best you could possibly be in your thing. I, I take love it seriously. That. I love that. Take it seriously. Exactly. I, I like that. I like that. So what are the, what are some of the things that you, uh, some of the negative experiences that you've had being black and gay? Working in the kitchen mm-hmm. in New York City, there's lots of different people, types of people that you will work with. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are like-minded, like, like me, I, I guess, who are passionate about the culinary field and want to create and want to learn. Mm-hmm. Then there are, there are, some people who this is just what they can do for now to help support themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's an easy job to get for some people. Mm-hmm. And then other people, this is the, the only option. Like they're coming from a foreign country and they develop some knife skills and, you know, they could make money by working in a kitchen, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a, there's a lot of different kinds of people and from all different places in the world. Right. So right. One thing that's, it it hurts. It hurts, but it's sad how a lot of I want to say Asian countries view black people. Yeah, yeah. And so I have a really close friend of mine who I work with. I've worked with him at multiple jobs, and it just we would have these talks about how how China 
Chinese or how some Chinese people view black people and wow. like what their what their take is on us. And and, you know, it's it's sad because there's no there's almost like they go off of what they see. Yeah. What, what we're portrayed as in movies. Stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the foundation of their instant thought process when they see us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to honestly break it down to my friend about like what his mindset like is not it's not it's not good. Right. It's not good. And I got to teach you <laughs> like I got I got to I got to show you what it really means to be black in America. What what like what's your like you're seeing rappers and singers and like, OK, we yes, we can be talented musically sure but we can also be very smart we can mm-hmm. also be innovators of, of different of different things like that's not that's not it and also you know he, of course he has no idea about like civil rights or like like all the big big movements right that have and, 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 King, and well, like, it, goes, it goes even further back than that is the idea of our historical uh, start in america yeah, because the white supremacy, right. they, they definitely wanted free labor. And so right. they can pull people out of their own environment and out of Africa and bring them over. And then the struggle to try to be normal and try to be equal like they are. They've always looked at us less than because that was how to denigrate us to continue to feel like they were superior than we were. Right. So yeah, yeah, and and believe me, if he even read American Chinese dealings when they used to talk about how they would live together and only eat rats and you know and and all the negativity that was done up here in Corvallis some time ago, and uh, I can't think of a particular year, but here in Corvallis, Oregon, there was a Chinese man shot to death, and no, no one did anything about it. So they've had their bout too. I can't imagine them walking blindly, you know, and should be looking at all the other colors and seeing how they've been treated as well with a caste system where you're better than this person and on and on. And so he's coming in blind, totally blind. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, Yeah. He's not not from, he's not like Chinese American. Mm, They'll tell him, they'll they'll tell him the truth about how they were treated. Absolutely. Yeah. Help build a railroad. So, <laughs> so that was that's just a small example of like the different cultures that you kind of have to yeah. like. You like this is I don't know how to say it, but you kind of have to know that when you when you walk into a kitchen or to a certain workplace, these stereotypes are so fresh and ingrained into these foreigners because they haven't had the opportunity to learn about our history. Yeah. So you know, it's just. Working around that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, yeah. I would say that's one next one next thing. And in such a and in such a multifaceted cultural uh city and uh you would be amazed to see that certain things still go on, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Well that that was a good take on that. So so what are your what are your accomplishments? Uh what kind of things are you how did you get to this position where you're able to travel and be the best pastry chef ever? I am far from the best pastry <laughs> chef ever. I will, I will never accept that phrase. <laughs> I have met so many 
amazing. You know what's crazy is like, honestly, I've met so many amazing chefs, cooks mm -hmm. who all have their own individual talents, their own like unique abilities that they can do. And it's like, it's like, I always feel like all it takes is you choosing to say I'm ready. And wow. then when you choose that, like it will, it, it will unfold for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know you what I mean? To, you got to believe it and it's confidence in that belief that will take you further. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, a lot of the times I'm not necessarily confident in myself, but also, you know, when I hear from my family and my friends, like, yeah, you could do it. What are you talking about? It's easy for you. Go ahead. You've been doing this for so long. Whatever. Well, well, I'm like, I, oh, you guys are crazy. And then, you know, lo and behold, they were right. I did well, it. Well, you know, and, and I've seen some of your pastries. Is there a place where people could go and see what you do? I mean, your pastries, your... your... Currently, no. Unless you are flying on international flights, such as like Qatar or Emirates or British Airways. That's the only way you would be able to taste anything that I've made recently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, or or if you're if you happen to uh, participate in the F1 races, Formula One, yeah, I'll have you know there'll be some things that I've created there too. Wow, wow. But yeah, <laughs> so so you're you're being a bit modest too because I've seen pictures of folks out there. I've I've seen pictures of his. Uh, pastries that he's done that are just absolutely uh, stunning. Like, thank it, you. You know, and to hear you say, well, uh, you know, it's always good to be humble. It's always good to be humble. But my mom always said, every frog praises its own pond. <laughs> so, so, and it's sometimes a good idea to put yourself out there. But I think the most humblest thing that you can say is that you don't think that you're. It, wait until you guys see his stuff. It, it's it's amazing. I, and, and if I can only taste any of it. Of course, I don't want to gain any more weight, but it just looks great. But yeah, so, 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 I mean, you did something in chocolate where you just zigzagged the plate and put something on it. And it was just like, whoa, five star, man. This is really good. Thank you. So, but yeah, so, so where do you think being black and gay... What do you think the kids need to hear today to move forward? To, to, to Where do you see us going in the next few years with the Blacks and young Black gays coming up? What are some of the positives and some of the negatives that you see? I feel like, I feel like we're beginning to open up. And, and I guess we, we started to open up more and also group up. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say Black gay nerds or nerds may be a negative term, but like people who enjoy video games. I don't think um, a nerds, I don't think nerds a bad word. I think no, it, it's, not, all, a, it's not a bad word, but it could, be, it could be take, it could be taken that way. I don't want, you know. Right. No, I understand. Yeah. I feel like more so there's social media mm -hmm. is allowing people to connect a lot easier and not feel so like alienated or, you know, so alone when it comes mm -hmm. to what we enjoy. Like, I feel like there's lots of communities now mm -hmm. um, for Black gay men. And, and niche and what you like, it's out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, at the same time, though, what happens is people start to, I guess, only swim in those waters mm -hmm. of, like, people who are in their niche 
group mm-hmm. and begin. I guess yes, you're you found your group, but that doesn't. But you're still like kind of still feel a bit alienated from your. Group. Yes, yes, you're kind okay. of still doing the same thing. Like I feel like we should all be as inclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say understanding, but like just more more open, even more open. Right, and, and more- the bigger picture would be to group. To group as just gay men, you know right. what I mean, right? Well, you know, I, uh, and even though, and 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 one of the areas that I wanted to really touch on is, it's different in the north, uh, or, or your direction, northeast way than the southeast or the uh, west. Uh, excuse me, northwest, because and then there's of course Atlanta and states that are red states that have black gay uh, communities. You're, everyone's going to get a different perspective from where they live because we're looking at you being in a multifaceted uh, area. And then I'm way out in the Northwest where it's primarily 1% African-American in the whole state. And then to gather any gays from that it would be very small. So we deal with a lot of the majority and even in Sacramento, uh, there's a high percentage of blacks there in Northern California, but still the club owners were Caucasian. So they would play a lot of that techno and all that weird music. But at the end, when I was going to the clubs years ago, at the end of the club, at the end of where before closing a half an hour, they'd only play African-American music that we could all relate to. So we would have to go over to Oakland, California to enjoy our black house music and so forth. So to find a niche group definitely is harder further away than, you know, than from a progressive city to going through the red states, you know, and then up here to the blue states, which is very liberal. But we still have that issue of black a guy having the BBC, you know, the big cock and right. exploitation from that. We only, I only know that from the area I'm from because when I was in California, it was a bit different. So I think it's hard to put everyone into a large group because of, of location. And location really makes a difference. Now, when you get online, you kind of, you kind of get out of your area just you know by way of social media and you can group there but still i think the most effective way to group would be or to put things in a general sense would be in in the location that you're in and it's really hard because we get a lot of the majority uh ruling and we are just like a an off subgroup so that's how i experience it in this direction I, I what is the black community gay community there in New York uh, that you've experienced? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's so many. There's so many. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. location is so important. I know I know myself I, I'd be in relationships uh, all the time in, in in Atlanta if I was living in Atlanta because I have more to choose from. But here, I, uh, you know, speckled, we're speckled out. So 
you know, I've been single for years <laughs> because I just haven't found that right uh, niche of a group that still have some of the values that, that came from home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, my mom and dad were uh, from the South. So me being gay and still some of their, killing some of their values, like, you know, Juneteenth, you know, Martin Luther King Day's birthday, uh, uh, the food we eat, you know, and so forth. It, it, it still ties into us as well. So we don't have that a kinship too much here than you would there. And if I was talking to someone from Atlanta, I would imagine that I would get just deep, rich culture from there. Your, your family, uh, your your dad's from the Caribbean, though. Am I, am I right? Uh, he's from uh, Central America, Honduras. Oh, Honduras. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So you get a little bit of uh, both cultures uh, than being here in America. Honduras is a... Uh is a really special place because there's a certain group of people called the Gerifuna mm-hmm. who are actually originally of African descent. Very good. So they're, they're like, a, they're like, it's like a very interesting story how they ended up in Honduras, but yeah, they're, they're like African and uh, Spanish speaking. Nice. I, you know, I was really born in Spain by way of my dad in the military, but uh, I really loved culture as well and just interesting when they blend it in with africans uh and that african uh influence it's uh those particular areas it's amazing so um what are the, what are the those, we went through the positives so what are the negatives that you see that that we you know what kind of things do you think we can change i feel like i sort of touched on the positive sort of also being a negative mm-hmm. because i feel like we become sort of secluded in our groups yeah and i get it it's comfortable and it's it's kind of what we've been longing for but like there's still a whole world out there you know that like uh we kind of have to like i was saying teach other cultures like who we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so just be open to be open to to sharing what it is to be you to other people don't just like oh yeah that's what they think, whatever. That's none of my business, you know? No, mm-hmm. if everyone like keeps doing that, no one will ever know. That's right. That's right. So that's, that's my, that's what I think the negative, the negative is. I really, really be comfortable with being uncomfortable so that we can further educate the people around us about who we are. And eventually that will that will, you know, continue to keep our culture, like keep our, what's the word? Our subculture alive, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, because. Alive and safe. Alive and safe. Yeah. Because alive I think how we're going to, we had to teach each other how to treat us, you know, so right. said. So, uh, and we have to have those hard talks, those hard discussions. And we have to uh, open people's minds to say, hey, you know, what you've been told and what you've learned is not necessarily the truth. This is fact on my end, you know, and I can, you know, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are living in such a wonderful, diverse city and, and uh, we're coming to the end of our show here, but you, I had to say, Jaquan, you have got the right direction. I hope you enjoy this job that you're, you're doing where you're moving around and you're actually seeing uh, other which i envy 
going to Detroit. I'd be in there in the black community. I would be just got black gay community and find out what's ki- kicking off there. I yeah, I would, actually, wanna. I have no idea what to expect in Detroit, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, Detroit, uh, Chicago. Oh my gosh, large black, large black communities there, large, and that happened through the Great Migration, people leaving Jim Crow South and coming into the car industry. Chicago was meat cutting and and various other industries, the steel industry. We all we, blacks have left the South to go into uh, these particular areas for work. And at first, they were using immigrants or refugees from World War II, but they could barely speak English and acclimate. But the government said, look, we've got ready and working people right now that speak English and hardworking. And they left 13 cents an hour and moved up to like 15 cents an hour, 50 cents an hour, or whatever the wages were. Yeah. Um, I, I always love hearing, like, how much, like history that you've experienced and also that you've like you have it like stored in you you know what i mean yeah yeah like it's it's i like i love i love hearing that just it's really good just get in there start researching your history from from the time that we got here to the time that we even were involved in the the revolution the industrial revolution the, mm-hmm. the patents black people had, I mean, uh, you know, huge, you, you, they never tell us those things. They're, you know, they tell us just certain things. But when we started digging deep, we started realizing the gas mask was invented by a black man. We realized that the, the oiling systems for the track for the train wheels by Elijah McCoy, who that because train wheels and the metal and the steel would freeze up and break down and had no lubricating system to continue it on. So whenever you hear that word, that, oh, that's the real McCoy. Well, that was based on Elijah McCoy, who which had thousands of patents on things in America. So wow. we just don't know how important we are in the nation. And a lot of them don't know because they don't teach it in school. Yes, that, that's so true. You know, and they're already talking about banning the race theory in school to show the separation and and why we're in the state that we're in. They don't want us to see that. And the right wing has already abolished the, already turned over the abortion. Now they're starting to look into marriage equality, you know. So they're trying to set us back, you know, for so many years that we fought to move forward. So I, wow. you know, and I, I'm a baby boomer, and I see that I've seen what's happened, and I, and you're a millennial, and uh, you're seeing exactly how easy it is to come out. I mean, it's, it's to the point where we have non-binary, uh, we have, I mean, trans, we have so much in the spectrum. Um, that we ever knew or ever had in our time. So we are seeing changes, but we can't go eight steps back. You know? And marriage equality is one of the things. And, if, and it gets worse. It gets more into what we call a rainbow scare. We're, we're having proud boys rushing in and a reading time for children. And they're drag queens that do it, I think, in the Bay Area. And... 
the kids are there, they're listening, and they make the stories that exciting. The Proud Boys wanted to come in and, and you know, disrupt that and just frightened everyone. So we, we are coming to that now. And, and us as a subculture, even within the gay culture, we, we definitely need to kind of stick together and keep that, that channel open uh, because even within our own black community, we're even ostracized. So, Jaquan, I, 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 I just want to say thank you very much for your time on this. And oh, this was fun. I, well, I'm glad it was because I told you it would be really easy and fun and you can express yourself. You are the, this guy, you guys, is the bakery chef of, uh, of the year. Okay. He is really good. If you ever get a chance to see any of his stuff, then you'd be so impressed. But Jaquan, thank you for being uh, a special guest here, and I really appreciate your time. And I'm going to go into my final thoughts, and uh, I'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you, Don. My pleasure. Hey, my final words is always try to fight the stereotype that we've been given when we meet other cultures and encourage them to study and learn our history before they come to any conclusions. The other thing too, if there's something else that you really like to do and you're, you're growing into adulthood and there's a niche of something that you enjoy doing, continue to do it, believe in it, do it wholeheartedly. And after a while, your, your passion will elide and start becoming lucrative for you, but don't go in for the money on every opportunity. I would, you know, from his experience, which worked for me in many cases, especially when you're interning as well, but hang in there, keep doing what you like to do and you'll become it. So what you are today is what you're becoming tomorrow. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.